cannot drink enough coffee for this show. I can't drink any coffee for this show right now. I know it's a bummer. It's a bummer. It's affected my taste too. Yeah, like you you can't taste any food, you can't smell anything either. Not really. Yeah, not even my wife's pussy. Um <laughs> I will take the fifth on that one. <laughs> And they're off. Send her over. <laughs> Let's <laughs> test that out. I like your style. <laughs> but I'm not married. Well, I was considering <laughs> your ex-wife. <laughs> oh, well, I mentioned you to her at one point, so. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so I have COVID. Let's talk about that if you want. Like, I'm cool with that. I have COVID. If like her about getting together, that'd be fine with me. I have COVID. I feel like I'm on repeat. I have COVID. And I've been stepping through the symptoms. Like they haven't all hit me at once. Thursday and Friday was excruciating muscle pain. Yesterday was a fever and my taste started to go. Today, no taste. Some would say that's been a lifelong issue. I think you have good taste. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to be very subdued this episode. Yeah, you're not going to be nearly as aggressive and and, um, problematic as you usually are. Give me time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to feel a little bad about beating up on you while you're sick. No, you shouldn't. I've never (laughs) taken that into consideration with others. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tend to be the more compassionate one who doesn't really want to go there anyway, so I'm, I'm kind of kidding. But I'm really glad we managed to get in, and I'm 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 really glad it's not worse. Like two years ago, we would be worried about you dying. And yes, my immediate family was very concerned. I have an oxygen tester to put test it on. What oxygen. you're reading right now? Let's it's just test reading you right now. Nothing. Let's see. All right. So just give it a minute. His pulse is probably a little higher since he's on the air live. Um, yeah, so we're live, but what? what's the reading? 99. Oh, that's great. It's great. Yeah. It's probably higher than me. Well, I got to say <laughs> that my uh, physical routine for the past decade, I don't know. Yeah. And eating and all that, I've been kind of grateful for that because I think I got hit hard, but I seem to be moving through it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, happy Eid al-Fitir to you. Yeah, Eid al-Fitir, the end of Ramadan. They call him Dr. Love. They call him Colin Dr. Love. 
Dr. Love. I think what's interesting is, is right now live, we're live, but also the recording that you're listening to is also on Eid al-Fatir, but it's also sundown now. So it's already the end of Ramadan in like the Mideast. So they're all celebrating. They're having a big feast. Yes. The people I know who practiced Ramadan were very happy about the big feast that would occur at the Did end. Did they tell you about what the menu, what the menu items are? Yeah, I can't recall it. There was one woman that I worked with when I worked at Safeway and she was a, a matriarch of the family. That was my sense of her. And she was telling me of all the things and sounded wonderful. It was like three days preparation, all wow. the family wow. coming together. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. She was one of those. That's interesting. I just thought of that. The matriarchs that I'm aware of that have that strong leadership matriarch quality, um, food and preparation of food is a big part of who they were. Yeah. Yeah. So you transist vibrational peacocks. If you can't cook, then don't tell me you're a matriarch. <laughs> I find it problematic that men would be being told what a matriarch or, or having any sense of what the d- defines a matriarch, but you know, I'm not too worried about it. I'm not even sure matriarch is something I'd want to be called. <laughs> what about matriarch Mark? <laughs> <laughs> Mark the matriarch. <laughs> in, in the dark with a spark and a shark in the park. <laughs> they call him Dr. Love. They call him Dr. Love. Yeah. Hey, so thank you for uh, allowing this recording to be postponed. Yeah, I was happy to actually. Worked right out on. great. Right on. Um, it's also oddly today is National Mother Goose Day. We should make up a rhyme. Each of us make up a Mother Goose rhyme. Okay. Should we do it as a ping pong thing or do it as like individuals and make one up? Ooh, individuals. Okay. Ping pong. I don't know. That's a great question. What do you feel? Do you have a lean, leaning towards? Um, <clears throat> you know, weren't Mother Goose rhymes a lot of them limericks, do you think? Well, they have that same kind of feel, I think. Yeah, like Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, had a wife and couldn't keep her. Put her in a pumpkin shell and ate her every night quite well. There's something um, untoward about that. Put her in a pumpkin shell and there he kept her very well. Old Mother Hubbard sat in a cupboard. No, Old Mother Hubbard. Went to her cupboard to give the poor dog a bone. When she got there, the cupboard was bare, and her poor dog had none. They were all kind of like... Birds of a feather flock together, and so will pigs and swine. Rats and mice have their choice, and so will I have mine. Georgie Porgy, pudding and pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. When the boys came out to play, Georgie Porgy ran away. Yeah. Well, There was an old woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. So she sold them off for scientific experiments. 
and used the money to pay her rents. Hmm, that's an interesting twist. <laughs> All right, my turn. There once was a DJ who lost his way. He got so high on ecstasy that he couldn't <laughs> remember what to play. All right. That was good. <laughs> All right. Should I read some more of the actual Mother Goose ones? Here's a long one. Okay. I had a little hen, the prettiest ever seen. She washed up the dishes and kept the house clean. She went to the mill to fetch me some flour and always got home in less than an hour. She baked me my bread. She brewed me my ale. She sat by the fire and she told a fine tale. Wow. And now this That's one. That's about actually, a man who fucked his sheep. <laughs> no. Yeah, it is. Come on. It's a little hen. He fucked a chicken. Oh, not a sheep. Right. Sorry. This one comes with visuals. The itsy bitsy spider. Oh, goes That's up a mother goose. Out, and down came oh. the rain and washed the spider out. Out came the sun and dried up all the rain. And the empty bitsy spider climbed up the spout again. Hey, hey, Humpty Dumpty. That's a mother goose, isn't it? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again. Yeah. There's, <laughs> Welcome there's, to. <laughs> well, what I'm remi- remembering is that there was a point in uh, one of these band. you know, you and I were quasi members of Death Jester for a while. Yeah. And one of the things that we thought about doing was the, hump, the uh, Mother Goose album, which was death metal songs that were comprised of the um, <clears throat> the stanzas from things like Mother Goose Rhymes and stories like that. Like, yeah. and, um, we never did it. No. It's probably something we could still do. I don't think death, death metal Jester for children had a rehearsal. Children. Really? What? I don't think death Jester even had a rehearsal. We did. Really? Yeah. I don't remember a lot from those days, but I do remember the death just a rehearsal in the front of the boho house. Was I there? It was you, me, Nigel, Healy, and um, I forget who played bass. Hmm. There's no laughter in our castle of disaster. That's right. No. Today's also National Lemonade Day. Yeah, when when you uh, make when you get shitty lyric ideas, make lemonade instead. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! You look like a monkey. You smell like one too. I was sending to the Rock because it's his birthday today, and you just cracked on him. Uh, I didn't crack on him until after the the fact. Well, I think you did crack on him because that was a birthday song for Dwayne. Yeah, but I didn't know it at the time. You're welcome. Doesn't count. Dwayne Johnson. The Rock. Yeah. He was a a big-time wrestler, right? World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. And that, that, that he maneuvered with that into entertainment. And yep. became an action star. Well, and a comedic star. Really? I think comedy was his first stuff. Like, 
um, what movie was it? And he played, oh, uh, it was the, um, did you ever see Get Shorty? John yes. Travolta? Was he in that? He was in the follow-up one where John Travolta goes into the music industry. Oh. And he played this guy who's very effeminate, probably gay, and he did very well. It was a lot, he's he's supposed to be a big bruiser, like he was a bodyguard. He's the muscle of this sort of criminal music. So the, his first movie is a 1999 American documentary called Beyond the Mat, which right, is a story, right? And then this his first you know role is 2001: The Mummy Returns. Oh, that was and, yeah, and he. When Brendan bowed out. Yeah. But what? No, so, Brendan Fraser's in that. He's in it. He is? Yep. Hmm. And then Long Shot, which is 2001. No, that's not it. That's a comedy film. Okay, what's the follow-up to Get Shorty? I forget what it's called. Get Shorty. Uh, It'd be John Travolta, Danny Get Smart. No. Um, yeah, uh, Scorpion King, he was in that. I think he plays a bad guy in these films, right? In the mummies. I don't know. I never yeah, saw the Scorpion mummy. King and that's why he's, he's, he was in the first mummy. Um, walking tall. That's a remake. Yeah. Doom Southland tales. No, Maybe that's another comedy, but you're right. There's com- it's there's comedic. He was in Doom, the original Doom, based on the video game. Be cool. That's a crime, crime comedy film based on Elmore Leonard's 1990 yeah, novel it. of Be the cool. same name, and yeah. the sequel to Leonard's 1990 Get novel Get Shorty about yeah. mobster Chili Palmer's entrance into the music industry. Did you see that? Be cool. No, I haven't. That's quite fun. Okay. Get yeah. Shorty was brilliant. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Lots of Vin- people in this. Yeah. So Vince Harvey Vaughn. Keitel, yeah. De- Danny DeVito. John Travolta. Wow. That's one for it to watch. He also was in Race to Witch Mountain. Oh, yeah. That was good. Was it? Yeah. I loved that movie. Okay. Had a good Disney thing going on. Yeah, it's oh, he's in, yeah, Fast and Furious Six. He's in that one. Oh yeah, he was a lot of Fast and Furious. Yeah. We played Hercules in 2014. Hercules, Hercules. Voices in Moana. Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. He's got some stuff slated to come out this year. DC League of Super Pets. He does a voiceover in that. And then something called Black Adam. Black Adam is an upcoming American superhero film based on the DC Comics character of the same name. I've never heard of Black Adam. And he also also owns a football league. He was in a football league? He owns one. He owns a football league. Yeah, that one that's like the Summer League. Or, yeah. Really? 
yeah. look this up and find that out. Not just a team, but a league. That's, I believe, yeah. He's a partner in it. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson's XFL sets football records. There you go. The nascent XFL football league, now owned by superstar Dwayne Johnson, has an R&D partnership with the NFL that is designed to expand the game of football. Johnson and business partner Danny Garcia aim to open XFL training camps in January 2023. And the partnership with the NFL does not involve games or teams specifically, but an agreement to work together in studying the game of football and collaborating on forward-thinking physical and mental fitness programs for players. So they're going to it's it's about training at least to start. And he bought the league for 15 million. Wow, yeah, he, 2020. He's probably going to bank. He's probably going to do quite well. Yeah, well, he's a smart man. He's charismatic. And he does a good job with stuff. So yeah. um, I heard someone on social media the other day say that any whatever team that uh, comes in last place in the, with the lowest record in the NFL should have to play the best team in the XFL. And if they lose, they get kicked out of the league and the XFL team gets to come into the NFL. That's kind of like the soccer thing. A losers, like a losers, you know, like defend your life or get. Banned. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. Certainly give credence to the league. The rock has what's it called? XFL. Yeah. The XFL. XFL. Yeah. On on Saturday nights before the game, you have to be in a porno movie. That's it's the XFL. <laughs> X-rated FL. I know I was really reaching for that one. That was a reach, my friend. But at that least I'm a, trying. I'm trying to hold up my end of the ribaldery. The, that was a fantastic four reach. Yeah. That, that was Stretching for the stretch of all stretches. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, did you see any of uh, the Jumanji films that he was in that he did with uh, Kevin Hart? No, I've only seen the first one with Robin Williams. Okay. No. He's, he seems to thrive in that kind of action comedy role. Yeah, yeah. He's very likable. He is. Um, he works really hard from what I understand. So, yes, you know, he's one of these guys that's super driven and committed to always maximizing the most of his time. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, there's not a lot of worldwide wrestling federation members that I have any interest in at all. And he seems to be a decent human being. So, yeah, that's of course, you know, that could be smoke and mirrors, as Mr. Smith taught us a few weeks ago. Mr. Smith? Oh, Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to really get into that again. That was, that was an easy mark. He didn't really. Yeah. Wait, what are you saying? I'm not easy. Easy like a Sunday morning. Or Sunday afternoon, if you will. <clears throat> if you will. Yeah. Um, it's also International Harry Potter Day. Yeah. The day that we celebrate... Harry Potter. 
Isn't that your wife's pussy? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good callback. Thank you. Thank you. No, but it did cast a spell on me for two decades. I put a spell on you. Yeah. Cause you're mine. What if that's what, uh, what's that guy's name who's saying that's on the first time? The first. I'm not sure I know. God, he's crazy. Like, like, uh, voodoo. I'll put a spell on you. Should I look it up? Do you have any? Well, what? All right. Um, probably the famous one. I don't know if he was the first, but Screaming Jay Hawkins. That's it. Yeah, Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah, we can't play the music or we'll get kicked off. Yeah. Go look it up if you haven't. For those of you who didn't notice last week, Greg played Man from La Mancha and Facebook booted us right away. Yeah. It's not like copyright infringement at all. We're just, uh, we're actually making people more aware of it. Yeah, YouTube. um, Did they bump us too? We're not bumped, but we can't use that particular episode to make money. So all the advertisers on that episode, we have to bring them on to this episode. And we're done. Okay, moving on. Thank you. Welcome over. <laughs> um, all, so all zero of you. Have you read all the Harry Potter oh, well, books? Ne- no, I haven't read the books. I've seen like three of the movies. What the? What I didn't the have time. The, you know, the production meeting was Monday. I didn't have time to read all the Harry Potter books between now and then. Mark, you need to get COVID, so you just lie in bed. Oh, no, I do not. I've been watching so much TikTok, especially when I was in pain. I was just like... Did it help? It did. It would distract me because it's quick and you could just slide through. Oh, my God. I've watched so much. You know what the big hip thing is that people are doing on TikTok now? They'll have on their wall, like, you know how you can gift people in TikTok? Yeah, you give them, like, different symbols that you have to buy, like strawberries or roses or whatever. Exactly. So on the wall, they'll be lying in bed, and on the wall behind them will be, like, you know, three cherries, siren, you know. um, So they have all these things that will wake them up or keep them from going to sleep. And if you gift them on the live stream... And it has become hugely popular, man. And it's so to try and keep people funny. awake. It's so damn funny, yeah. Because they'll have like some people are pretty um, imaginative. Like one guy had a leaf blower taped to the wall and aimed at his head. So if you gift, you know, it's it's a pretty big gift you got to give for the leaf blower. And then some people they put everything. You know, it's like. And I, was, I hit one of those once, and it was so damn funny. It was just like confetti and noise and chaos and the lights going on and off and bubbles and just madness. It was. Yeah, I don't even know how to buy the stuff to give people. Well, it's pretty damn easy. In the lower corner, you'll see a little gift thing, and you click on it, and there's TikTok asking for your money. Okay, and then you buy those things, and you can give them to people? Yeah. And do they get money for them? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I would say in theory, yes. Why would someone fucking do a live stream where they aren't getting any sleep? 
if they aren't making money for it. Yeah, so maybe if you get like ten million roses, you get like a thousand bucks or something like something. That. I don't know, yeah. but I've been in some of the streams where they'll have like three thousand viewers at a mm. time, and mm-hmm. people just slamming gifts in. And yeah, so it's the G-rated version of my, of my of uh, my fans. Only fans. That's it. TikTok is. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Yeah, some of it gets PG-13. Yeah. There's no R. It's hella funny. You should, there's like some live streams and there'll be a woman who's just scantily clad. And just she'll be just sitting in bed watching everyone who's watching her. Like just, I'm just like, what the fuck? There must be some here? kind of money in that somehow. I don't know, man. I think... I don't know if there is for while people send gifts. Yeah. Of course, there's dudes on there. Take off your shirt. Bounce around. <laughs> Stand up and turn We're not around. simple creatures by any means. No, we're exactly. not. Exactly. No. Yeah. And how do I know this? Because I'm doing research. <laughs> yeah. You're doing COVID research on TikTok. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, J.K. Rowling is kind of a controversial figure at this point because she came out in favor of gender binary no, she, standards. She, she, she is that an inaccurate portrayal of, of what? Yeah, she said? did you read her post she has on her website? Say like this. For people who don't know, last December, she says, I tweeted my support for Maya Forstater, a tax specialist who'd lost her job for what were deemed transphobic tweets. Yeah. She took her case to an employment tribunal, asking that the judge to rule on whether philosophical belief that sex is determined by biology is protected by law. Okay, judge so Taylor let's not read the whole it thing because it's long. But so you're going to summarize. Well, one of the stats that she brings up and comes up a lot with people doing operations that actually are gender-changing operations mm-hmm. is that 60 to 90. Now, I thought, you know, well, that's kind of a very broad stat. But still, 60 to 90% of kids who get a transitional surgery regret it or change back later so what you're saying is people who are not of age i.e. under 18 might transition and then want to transition back right that's what the stats that I hear coming up a lot but wait you said she said well she brings up the stat and it's a stat that this psychologist has brought up and a researcher I heard brought up. And I think that it's unfortunate that children are involved in this human experiment that's happening right now mm. to such a degree. 
I'm not mm-hmm. against the experiment. I am against the finality of some of the decisions that are made in a very young, in a very developmental time of an individual's life. Yes, yeah, there's a lot of things that really trigger people about this discussion because there's so much hatred of trans people. And so anything that is critical of them is perceived as piling on and probably for good reason. I mean, there's a lot of violence that occurs against trans people. Right. Um, and earlier this year we were talking about, you know, well, actually it was last year we we were talking about Dave Chappelle's reality about this stuff. Um, right. It's, trans-exclusionary radical feminist turfs, right? And a lot of people just get labeled that right away for having anything that is, you know, doesn't support physical transitions of non-binary people. Well, it seems to me that um, part of, I think, what you said, like there are people who have been subjected to very raw, violent experiences and psychologically violent experiences. And their triggers are high. So to have a discussion and an exploration through communication isn't possible because the some people involved are so volatile. Mm-hmm. She says late on Saturday evening, scrolling through children's pictures before I went to bed, I forgot the first rule of Twitter. Never, ever expect a nuanced conversation. Right. Right. And so you immediately get labeled, especially if you're a celebrity, right? If you're a public figure, you're like people have expectations that you, you come out and you stand for something. You're not allowed to have. Or if you have a certain belief, you shouldn't stand for something. So if you say are like me and you think anyone under 18 should not be allowed to engage in any body modifications related to their gender, their, their sex organs. You shouldn't say that because who the fuck am I? I'm a cis white heteropatriarchal son. See, and I have, I shouldn't be saying anything to people that's ridiculous. that that says that someone who's 16 shouldn't transition if they want to. I think that's ridiculous. Well, you know, this, what this brings up is this idea of the age of consent, right? So, you right. know, if you're 16, in many states, you're old enough to make adult level decisions and you can actually begin the process of becoming an emancipated minor. And I think one of the What's things. What's an emancipated you, minor? Well, you can. An emancipated minor is someone who's no longer subject to the rule of their parents. Okay. And they can make legal thought. decisions yeah. for themselves. So if you do that, you can, you know, gain access to things like surgeries or abortions or, you know, moving in with your you know, significant other, if you're both emancipated. Right. Um, and that, you know, a lot of, 
what we call pedophilia is older men and teenage girls who are 16 or thereabouts. And it's worse than that. There's a lot younger than that. But I think this is a hot button issue for people when, whether it's, you know, a 14 year old (laughs) boy or a 15 year old girl wanting to change their body and become the opposite gender or whether when the hormones first emerge for sexual potency, whether that's anyone who's that age can actually decide to be sexually active from a, a legal point of view. And they can't apparently not by the law. Yeah. It, well, and we know that sex is one of the topics that just is not easily in regular communication on a daily basis. Yeah, people have a lot of feelings about it, and they are very self-righteous and and very triggered by their own shadows, so to speak, their own fears, you know, and the whole God thing gets involved. But, I mean, what I'll say about my personal beliefs is, um, despite my life, which doesn't reflect this, I think having uh, intercourse at an age younger than 18 can be a very traumatic and detrimental experience for, for people. And I'm not a father, so I don't know what it's like, but you, you were a father who went through, you know, all your kids are now adults, right? Yeah. I've no Bodie still isn't. Well, yeah, she's 16. So um, talking about her specific experience, because I don't want to do that on the show. I don't have the the relationship to having raised children to really understand what it's like. But I have this opinion. Right. I think what's important has remained important for me with my children. And I think with everybody is to know they have choices. And 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 abstinence is a choice that's a viable choice and there's a lot of data to support it as a positive choice in one's life yeah and most people it's not a hard sell to say yeah teenagers should abstain from sex no it's a well for it's i don't well here in moran i think it's probably the least you're laughed at that's my guess I don't think you can say it, but people will laugh at you and be like, dude, they're having sex all the time. You're crazy. Yeah. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But we're going to get into a lot of trouble if we go with the in Marin standard for life, because this is a pretty weird place. It's not the standard by any stretch of the imagination. I don't well, and again, what happens there is that we just went from the particular and personal experience to generalizations. And I right. think that's one of the dangers in the communication of, you know, gender and choice and what is a woman, what is a man. It seems wisest if we keep it personal. Right. And so I'm saying... I want to be clear that my point of view is I don't think anyone under 18 should be allowed to physically transition. And you're going to get a lot of shit for that. (laughs) Um, Maybe that's a generalization. No, anyway, I'm happy to have the discussions with people about it. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, and that's why I'm being honest because it'd be really easy to jump on the bandwagon and be like, I understand this, the, gender is fluid and people should be allowed to do it. Like I get it. And 
I think from the standpoint of mental health, I want there to be room for people to have the discussion. So anyone that's feeling like they are not the gender that they are biologically born with or their, their, their physiological representation doesn't actually reflect who they feel they are internally. They should be supported just like any other person who is trying to navigate puberty, you know, like, Oh, I hear that. That's how you feel. Yeah. So you should get to dress however you want. You should get to like, but there's a point at which I'm drawing the line, which is body modification. Like if you want to, and I don't count hair, like if you want to cut your hair, fine. Right. If you want to wear. Yeah. It's right? permanent decisions. Like, you know, or talking about, um, I would be fine if Bodhi got a tattoo. I wouldn't care. Right. But Liz has said, no, not until you're 18. Right. And I support that. Co-parenting. You know, like I'm on board with that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, because it, there are ramifications with the choices. And then when you're talking about changing your anatomy. Hormones and your gender. Yeah. Physical expression of your gender. Yeah. That's a very radical change. Yeah. All I'm saying is let's have the conversation until you're 18. Or not. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine too. But let, you know, occupy the space however you need to. Like if you want feminine, if you're, um, if your genitalia are penis and balls and you feel feminine and you want to exude femininity, fine. You can dress how you want. You can, but just don't cut anything or do anything drastic until your hormone cycles completed a little bit more until you're around 18. And even that isn't really complete, but it's, it's where we draw the line in this country. When you're 18, you're old enough to have sex. You're old enough to live on your own. You're old enough to have a bank account. You can't drink, drink. (laughs) (laughs) which, but that's because apparently drinking is more dangerous than having a sex change operation. That's so weird. (laughs) What the shit? That sounds like it's left over from the, um, you know the when they outlawed alcohol, outlawed alcohol. What are those days? Well, but it's, a lot of people would be like, "Yeah, we shouldn't let kids drink. We shouldn't let kids smoke weed until they're you know of age." And there's a lot of research that says that it impedes the brain. Yes. Look at my life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're recording from a closet in a cardboard box down in a basement. Yeah. Right. And I'm in a van down by the river. Yeah. So, I, you know, just kind of tying it back to J.K. Rowling, like she stated her opinion and then she got put through the ringer. Well, the right? other thing she says that it all f- at first happened because she was doing research for things and she accidentally liked a Twitter post where she thought she was doing a screenshot, but she accidentally hit the like button. And um, and that's where it just started in. Oh, you like that? Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. You fucker. And that's part of, like, 
I got to say, from my experience with others and myself, if I'm angry and upset about something, if I'm triggered, I'm the fucking problem. Or at least, if not the problem, you're the point of inflection where reflection can take place. No, I am the problem. Like, it's not, it has, like, if I was triggered by bald headed people, and I'm like, fucking Mark, I feel uncomfortable. I'm sitting here and look at you grow some You're goddamn hair. God, when you let, when you put a razor to your head. Exactly. And, you know, I should have the right to look at, that's why I have long hair. You should be like me. That's right. in essence what I hear. And it's totally erasing you as an individual. And that's what I see in a lot of the, and one of the things I kind of went down a rabbit hole a little bit with this JK Rowling thing, because she talked about this woman who was a lesbian and passed away from brain cancer and was a journalist, I think, or she had a YouTube channel. And I watched one of her videos and there's a transgender woman who was very academically talking about, you know, society and this and that and your influences. And part of what this other woman who was the lesbian was hearing was that if she was not considering sex with a woman with a penis, then she was bigoted towards transgender people. Like that was coming from a. Wow. People will go to great lengths to find fault with each other. That's part of what I'm saying. It's like. Yeah. And the whole thing with Kevin Hart, you know, in the Academy Awards, which we talked about and how he was. And it's in the Dave Chappelle thing, you know, and, um, and I heard Kevin in an interview talking about it like about a week when he had finally bound out. He was like, I addressed this all 10 years ago. I, you know, someone brought it up 10 years ago and I got it and I apologized and we moved on. And yeah, it's a lot of anger. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of abuse and trauma that have been caused by people. And so. You know, there's there's consequences. There's cause and effect is a real thing. So yes, we're unwinding these karmic things about ourselves. In these right, moments. right. And I and that I support. And that I so I support. You know, the exploration. Well, but it still it shows up in someone's trigger triggering some other trigger. Right. It's not like reasoned necessarily. It's this you know this sort of emotion based like wave goes through each other. And the other thing I was thinking about today is how you mentioned how Bridge appreciated hearing our podcast and thought it was so funny that I had this self-awareness but was still so stuck and had had me thinking today of, we've all heard it before, you know, how do I see what I cannot see? Like it might be just right next to us. And, it, and by pushing back, by being triggered, we are avoiding the exploration of what is real. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's an attempt to not have to feel what it feels like when you actually have to confront the idea of being out of integrity with your, with reality and with yourself. Yeah. And that's what I think the whole thing of being triggered, like if I'm triggered, that's not your problem. That's my problem. Yeah. My big problem with this is that instead of talking about Harry Potter, we're talking about J.K. Rowling's controversial problems on gender issues, right? Like it's Harry Potter. You didn't read the books. You had seven books to read between Monday and today. You even got two extra days because I got COVID. Right. I didn't. You're right. I stand corrected. And um, Voldemort has won. Yes. And yeah, we don't say his name, Mark. Only only Harry can say his name. Why? Because we're afraid. We're triggered. <laughs> I see. So we better send people to Hogwarts so they can learn to be really good Quidditch players. Because exactly. Quidditch saves the world. Exactly. Yeah. And a good Stein of Butterworth. Is that what it's called? Butterworth beer? I don't know. Butterball beer. I actually enjoyed the films and I, I, I have a deep desire now to actually see like what happens, how Harry grows up and what happens with them and all that stuff. And, and experience like, does he ever like actually fall in love with Hermione? Do they get together? What, like what happens? Cause I'm see, like, I, there's like four movies I haven't watched or whatever. He, it is good. And he's a tortured hero. You know, he, mm. he goes through some psychological stuff and, He's got, he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's like, triggered. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's human evolution. Yeah. If it were easy, we wouldn't come here and do it. That's what I thought about today too. Human evolution. It's part of the process. And as you say, you know, people who have been sexually attracted to all sorts of things. That's where it gets weird. I think I've mentioned to you that weird class I had at state. It was a sex ed class. And the teacher had a guest lecturer come in who had a relationship with his dog. Yeah. We did talk about this and I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. Okay. I just don't. It doesn't really trigger me so much as it's just not a place I want my mental energy to go. I don't want to place my attention there. You could say I have an aversion to it. That's cue. Um, what's Iggy Pop's band? The Stooges. Let's cue the Stooges. Now I want to be your dog. Now I want to <laughs> It takes on a whole new meaning now, doesn't it? <laughs> or maybe it was always there. It was always there. That's part of <laughs> Have you ever heard um, Henry Rollins talk about how he wanted to best uh, Iggy Pop in like throwing, you know, no. a live show? No, I never heard that. It's a great story. It's a great story that just embalms Iggy Pop as the man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can I'll see that. You, a link. you might enjoy it. It's about like 12 minutes long. Henry Rollins is a great storyteller. 
Yeah, he is. He's he's come a long way since his idiocy as part of Black Flag. What? <laughs> I am triggered right now. Mark, I want you to take your anti-punk ass the fuck. What the shit? What the mother God? <laughs> I don't even believe you said that. Black Flag is one of the great punk bands of all time, right? Like, they're just so admired and well-known. Yeah. yeah. I hate punk. What? I've never enjoyed that music ever. I don't and it took me a long time to get over, like, my original sort of just distaste for it to get to the point where I could appreciate it artistically once I got some, <laughs> some distance from it. Now, and this is, like, I, I went to the Mabuhe Gardens a couple of times in the early days, like the late the 76, and Flipper. And... I saw some of that, and yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. What? Right. What about the Ramones? I liked the Ramones, but I, they don't count as punk in my view. Oh, so now you're you're differentiating what real punk is. Well, so maybe there's one punk band that I like. It's the Mar- Ramones. What about? Uh, I like Green Day. Is Green Day punk? Yeah. Okay. So I think well, they definitely punk were in is a genre, right? And what? I'd say the Ramones and Green Day are more pop punk than they are. Well, I don't think people. I think pop has always been a part of punk. Well, I, I, I saw a performance of Psychotic Pineapple in Berkeley, and they were they weren't punk. punk. They're not they punk. Were not, no, they were berserkly chaos. <laughs> it <laughs> so was fun. That's a I'm very wondering. fine I'm, definition there. I wonder if you and I were at the same show. It was Probably. Keystone Berkeley, Psychotic Pineapple. I was there with Mike and Sid. And Mike, being 6'8", was getting just big old, what do you call those things, a beer, not pints, you know, the pitcher. Steins. Pitchers of beer. We were drinking and smoking, and we missed Bart going home. Whoopsie. That's a and long st- walk back to Hayward. We started walking, and we ended up at the Claremont. Well, one part where, you know, the islands that separate, I guess it's, is it, what is it that runs north-south? Is that Telegraph? Yeah. All right, so there was the island on Telegraph, you know, that's separating. Okay. Well, there's Shattuck and Telegraph, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so we were there, and we pretended we were statues, and we were, like, standing still. What felt like 20 minutes, and we realized no one was going by. (laughs) So we were like, (laughs) oh, fuck this, okay. And we found a donut store that... I don't think they were open, but the door was open, and we went in, and they sold us some donuts. And then we ended up at the Claremont Hotel, and we crashed in what seemed to be, like, inside this doorway, you know, carpeted. It seemed like it was just abandoned, you know, in part of the building. Turned out to be where the administrative office was were. So we were woken up by a woman coming to work and screaming at the top of her lungs because she thought there were three dead dudes in the doorway there. You thought you were dead? She thought you were dead? Yeah, because we were asleep. (laughs) And uh, And disheveled. And disheveled, yes. 
The, and, so her, um, the only possibility that she could imagine was that, that you had to be dead. No right. one no, in their right mind would be on that doorstep looking like that, not moving. <laughs> Asleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the police came and uh, of course, us to Bart and our parents on. I don't I don't think Sid got into trouble. I think at that point of his life, he was kind of. The parents weren't so involved, but Mike's dad was mad at him, and my mom was mad at me. I think my dad was too, but he was off to work by the time we got home, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, were you at that show? <laughs> no, there were. I saw them outdoors. Um, it was kind of like a the back of a tra- a trailer kind of thing outdoor in Berkeley thing. Were they headlining? Yeah. Did the pineapple come up on the stage and dance? No, because it was a it was a flatbed truck. Uh, and what was the other one? Um, there was another character that was part of their scene. Yeah, I didn't think they were punk though. Okay. Wow. Well, it just goes to show there's a lot of flavors and a lot of people interpret things differently, like the Stooges, Iggy Pop. Um, you know, I actually love listening to Henry Rollins talk. I think he's very articulate and I think he has a lot of really powerful things to say, but I've never listened to any Black Flag records. And I would imagine there's some great stuff on those records. Some interesting ideas are expressed and some really amazing kinds of powerful explorations of what rock punk slash, you know, is pop, (laughs) but I just never gone there. Right. And, um, and at this point he's not touring, right. He doesn't do that anymore. No, he, well, he does the, the live narrative thing, you know, he goes on stage and tells poetry. He tells stories. <clears throat> See, yeah, I think it. that's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah, he's really good at it. I think uh, punk rock's a young man's game in some ways, right? Uh, well, I'm going to send you this clip to about Iggy. and Okay, and I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of the great things about Moped Outlaws is uh, Greg educates me on so many great things. <laughs> so many questionable things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it seems pretty equal. I think we got a shout out to the people of Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan today, because it's their Kazakhstan people solidarity today. So shout out to Kazakhstan. Thank you for Borat. He really (laughs) has made our day. Keep that going. Recording stopped.